Okay, test one, two, testing two, and tone starting now. Okay. Hello, everybody. Welcome back to another episode of the podcast, the Slim Cogcast. My name is Slim Cognito, and to get it out of the way, unfortunately, I am black. I want to kick it off and let you all know ahead of time that uh, one of the things that we've done this week um, in place of what we're going to do, I don't know what it is about Doro Hedoro, but it is incredibly weird as an anime. I don't understand why I'm having troubles picking it back up. I don't get the mystery behind it. It's not compelling me. I have to be honest. I'm going to eventually force myself to finish it, but I don't want to do it in the midst of where I really don't want to because there's a bunch of other shit going on. So what we're going to discuss is uh, we had a watch party with me and the guys with a certain movie called Parasite. And also... Well, there's been some games we played this week, and we're going to brush on through that because there's a lot of news that happened in the past seven days. A lot of news, even more big news that dropped just today before I recorded. So let's get started because I want to I'm, I'm trying to give you guys a good, you know, nice feel of a less than less than an hour, like around the 45 minute range is what I really want these to be, which would be a nice, you know, a nice meaty bite of uh, content for the week until, you know, my midweek uh second video upload so another thing is um i'm also working on a game review as well but have been busy this week as well so um in the midst of telling you what i played this week i'll also tell you what i've been doing this week and hopefully those things work together and it'll be a nice piece of content for you so kicking it off um let's talk about that watch party and the movie parasite now parasite this this movie i've already seen it uh a few months ago but i highly recommended it to some friends and um actually got a chance for them to watch it and they were su- I surprisingly they enjoyed it a lot you know and i like to do that for the for the fellas because um sometimes a lot of movies you know if you're like that one guy that keeps up with like you know a certain type of media you want to keep your friends up to date on that you know that they would like but they don't really like seek it out otherwise then yeah that's um usually what i go for and try my best to uh, introduce them to it and now that i think about it you know if it's they keep me up on the anime and i keep them up on american productions as well Um, that's pretty much how it goes and parasite itself despite it being made and produced in the east it has a lot of western influence and feel to it you know uh especially but also the the deep metaphorical but not afraid to get violent and show very you know grotesque imagery kind of like that old boy feel or um what was that other movie uh aside from old boy um it's some type of uh i don't know if it was a chinese film or a korean film it was about some two chicks who uh eloped a housekeeper and some um rich princess or whatnot or or, or you know trust fund baby like eloped and decided to be in a relationship together uh I I can't recall the name of it, but uh, The Handmaiden. Yeah, so like The Handmaiden and The Old Boy, uh, those types of uh, works, um, kind of reminiscent of those, but in a more modern sense, in a more up-to-date uh, tone, as well as um, narrative is more modern as well. And my whole take on it is basically there's a lot of metaphorical things that are reinforced in it. So you can't really just affix it down to one theme. But if I were to narrow it down to several themes or as few things as possible, it would be um, it wants to make you question what actually is the meaning of and who in the entire, you know, 
narrative is in fact the parasite and on top of that it wants you to question if those we deem as the protagonists are actually good people and those who we deem the antagonists are they actually bad people because one could say that the antagonist of the movie would be the rich family but you could also argue that the antagonist of this work would be the economy or just poverty in general and it's not really it's it it brings about conflicts that are not just you know true enough within the film but also true enough in real life that don't have a fixed one set solution to them that we keep trying to find solutions in everyday life so it's you're you're beckoning upon of us uh i guess you could say an understanding or an an all-encompassing you know resolution to problems that are before you that have been trying to be solved for centuries that it's 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 it makes you question things that are taken for granted or at least ignored on a large-scale basis you know like for example and the reason why i'm you know being very careful with forming my words there's a scene excuse me there's a scene where the rich and privileged family goes off and has a camping trip for the day but bad weather causes them to come back home early so at the most it can it inconvenienced their little vacation trip for a day which was just something to do for a prerequisite to a birthday party for her son but rather that same rainstorm that same weather instead did not just inconvenience the poor family but also cost them their entire home and livelihood ruined all of their belonging trashed their house the sewage water flooded the streets and flooded their home and not only that but the result of it all they still had to get up and go to work the next day for these rich and very entitled people who literally do not care and have no intention of finding out what their daily life consists of so they have to sit around and listen to her babble in the back seat about oh thank we're just so thankful for that rain for giving us a clear sky today now we can have us a party in the backyard meanwhile their entire home is gone you know so the 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 initial half of the movie the first hour sets it as the main characters may be protagonists just doing whatever they can and what they have to do in order to survive and get by in the current economy yet once you get past a certain mark you start to question their morality and they seem to be just as morally ambiguous as they're so the initially perceived antagonist being the rich family so once you get past that threshold you wonder huh are they actually good people and if so do they deserve the lifestyle of these rich people that they envy so much because if you were to pay attention of course and oh my goodness I, I guess i'll give a spoiler warning for this but if you pay attention in the scene where they finally got them out of the house and they were going on the camping trip the family decided not to do something artsy they they did you know respectful things initially like reading a book while lying on the grass or just you know enjoying a nice luxurious bath but ultimately when the night ended they gathered around as a family got drunk and ate food around one table so you would wonder would they know how to treat these luxurious this luxurious life with respect or appreciation simply because they come from the bottom or would they still be the same people 
that they were, you know, and would they would they be, would their behavior even be a waste of these amenities and and privileges that would be laid before them at that point, you know? So you would have to ask that question, and some would view it as not even a bad thing that they did such a thing to have that meal at the table and getting drunk because that's actually a family sitting around a table and conversating and getting to know one another. If you pay attention throughout the movie, the rich family, um, what are they, the Parks? No, uh, I forget their names, but the rich family, you never see them eating together during dinner. They're always disconnected from one another. They're isolated in separate rooms throughout the house in their devices and completely disconnected and unaware of socializing with one another. It's completely, I won't say absurd, but just weird. So the whole thing to wonder is whether or not we're at the top or at the bottom, the things that we hold value to, although subjective, may be the key point that everyone finds purpose in life. You know, if a rich family finds more value in their monetary gain and physical or I guess not physical, but material things. Yet, would you say that a family in poverty would be just as, uh, I won't say prideful, but take just as much value in the material things, but also family because it's all you have. Could you say that those in poverty only appreciate family because they do not have material things to distract them? Or could you say that so many material things that desensitize you from wanting to earn or gain more because you're rich will cause you to be unfulfilled by having loved ones around you and these things are all questions raised by the movie because simply whenever uh the father would question the head of the household the rich father uh the father of the poor family uh who became the driver would question the father of the rich family and he would say well you do love her right and he would just laugh for a moment after a brief but very pregnant and awkward pause, and he would just laugh and say, yes, I'll call it love. We'll call it that. But he admitted that she cannot cook and she's terrible at housekeeping. So he's either with her for looks or just for public appearance. You know, being of a certain tax bracket means you have to have a certain type of image, be it your relationship or your children. And it all reflects upon you, you know. So it's all so deep and so amazing uh that entire movie i highly urge anybody to uh, check it out completely despite the things that i've even said you i still haven't spoken about all the plot points there's complete plot points that are missing from this discussion thus far and i've only talked about it for about we'll say five eight minutes so i highly urge you to watch it um i'm still going to leave a timestamp for those who don't want any spoilers and uh to make sure that you don't get spoiled I don't know if I can add some type of tidbit, maybe something in the video editing and I'll, I'll get it. But yeah, and that is a parasite. Highly recommended film. Pay attention to every detail, everything that they say. Um, if you can find it on Amazon, you know, and I think it's still available on Netflix, if I recall correct. But yeah, you're, it's it's strictly in what were they speaking? Korean? I think it was Korean because I didn't my, my weeble sensors didn't go off on any other words they were saying. But um out of all the words they were saying, yeah, because the names are like one syllable names. So um, it's probably Chinese, that being said. But anywho, 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 let me stay in my lane and talk about what I know and not what I don't know. Bottom line is highly recommended and you would have to watch it with uh, some type of subtitles to understand what's going on. But it's worth it. All right. Um, Now, outside of Parasite, 
what we've been playing this week um thanks to a little bit of a um thanks to having friends i was able to explore a, a game that i tried to play years ago but could not finish because my game just couldn't my laptop at the time could not handle it and it's a pretty old title but i always found it very fascinating because of the concept and sometimes a game could capture you in concept so strong that it just lingers in your mind at all times and this game is called evil land Evo Land is an indie title made years ago by uh I forget the name of the uh development studio development team but um I know that it did pretty it it must have done pretty well cuz they made a sequel so I'm going to have to see about getting a hold of the sequel but, um the game is mostly about excuse me distracted by my phone I do that um the game is entirely about um being in a land that evolves based on video game evolution and mechanics. And what I mean by that is when you start, you are it, it is pixelated and in 2D completely top-down camera um akin to the Zelda 1 and Oracle of Sages and Oracle of Seasons Oracle of Sages Oracle of Ages and Oracle of Seasons Legend of Zelda titles from the Game Boy Color and uh Link's Awakening from the Game Boy and those titles um were truly 8-bit in every way so when you start that game it's going to be reminiscent of that and the only thing that you're going to be able to do is move to the right the only key that will work is the right key you press right and there's a treasure chest over there to your right when you open that treasure chest it's going to say you've unlocked the left button so now you can move left and right and suddenly you go to the left and open another treasure chest and you're able to move in all four directions and it opens up the screen and now you have uh i guess you could say what was it uh, the pixels was it 48 by 48 or something or 128 by 128 but um you have a full um resolution 8-bit screen to move around in now and then as you progress you open more and more treasure chests and you unlock the ability to attack and it give you a sword and then you unlock music in an 8-bit form and then you unlock you know enemies you unlock uh signs that give you clues on how to progress and then eventually you'll unlock um three dimension you know 3d modeling and you unlock textures and it'll be pixelated textures and then eventually you unlock hd textures and then ambient lighting and it starts from game boy color zelda and it ends up becoming diablo like fully 3d rendered uh high definition audio and music uh, it even has like a funny uh, amount of like equips that you could uh, that you pick up as you kill enemies and whatnot. So yeah, and in between there, before you get to the Diablo, of course, they do turn-based combat. So it's reminiscent of Final Fantasy as well. So you get things like um, you know um, exploration. You get to uh, go from eight bit. You jump from eight bit to sixteen bit, and you go from there to thirty two, and eventually sixty four and you fight the final boss and it's literally an action rpg you get to the point of like kingdom hearts one combat mechanics you know and i say one i'm i put a lot of emphasis on kingdom hearts one because it's it's still got a little bit of clunk and a little bit of jank uh it's supposed to be reminiscent of like early ps2 uh action rpgs so it's basically an uh an evolution of rpg gameplay and it is very phenomenal very very fun it's quirky it's got a nice little funny dialogue so uh if you get that on gog.com goodoldgames.com gog.com or if you can find it on steam i'm not sure if it's on steam or not but uh, if you can get a hold of it highly recommend it super nice cool game you can beat it in a day i beat it in a day um 
It took about, oh, say, four hours, four, maybe five hours. Very good experience. Um, and it, it, it gives you a nice look back, you know, a little mirror appear into the past of, you know, games that has been. And I like that. And I hope they make more sequels. And um, I'm going to grab Evil Land 2 and see how that turns out. Because a lot of people said they liked it and it made them go back and play one. So I hope to enjoy that. Um, what else have I been playing? Oh, um, Rocket Arena was free this weekend, this past weekend. And we've spoken about this in, uh, I think it was either last week's podcast or a week before. But Rocket Arena is a online third-person shooter that's like Smash Brothers. Now that I just try to describe it mechanic-wise, Smash Brothers with guns. And that means a lot of mobility. But, um... I remember seeing the trailers for this game, and I think I even said in the podcast, but that game, its trailers and release, like, press did not do it justice at all. Because the characters, although unique and well-designed and well-voice-acted, the game itself and the gameplay was not translated well in the trailers because that shit is fun. Okay, Rocket Arena is fun. I'm telling you now, they killed this game with bad marketing and a paywall. When you ha- when these people, these gamers, right, not only are we in quarantine still for some and what well, I say for most and, you know, it, it's 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 strapped for cash for the most part. And all of these free shooters sitting around like Valorant, free other game options like League and Rogue Company, all these other games that are free that you could just grab and start playing. You can't expect people to shell out money on a risk of Rocket Arena and the trailer didn't sell it. Okay, games with paywalls with a multiplayer feature, you got to have like a huge cinematic trailer or something that you actually put some cash into. You know, that's the reason why Overwatch was justified in charging for its gameplay because it had production value backing. So it was willing to not only bet on their dollar that you would get a quality experience, but also on your dollar that you're going to get. A quality experience now to be fair maybe the rocket arena devs ran out of uh money and they put it mostly into the development which it shows they have pretty solid servers and good gameplay it feels nice and tight and smooth but something they could have waited and then released it at a better window because it's competing with every free-to-play game out there and that ain't that ain't good boss that ain't good but um Hopefully, they can revive it with a free-to-play model if it's not already in effect. I was just told that it was free for the weekend on Steam. Uh, They're going to have to go free-to-play to to keep the game alive, though. They're really going to have to. But I do really enjoy it. I enjoy it a lot. Like, if I just had the cash, I would go ahead and buy it. But at the same time, I would think twice before I do, simply because that game with a paywall does not guarantee that a lot of other people own the game. Nor will it guarantee that there will be new, fresh, uh, you know, users joining the game. So when, when it comes to online, strictly online experiences, you got to have a certain type of system in play where there's always going to be people online or always going to be playing an incentive to keep. Elsewise, it can die. You can have trouble trying to fill a lobby. 3 a.m. I tried to play Hyper, uh, what was that shit called? Hyper Squad? Hyper Chase? No, Hyper Chase of PBST. What was the name of that damn game? It's not Hyperscape. It's not even listed. God Galaxy. Anywho's, yeah, Hyperscape. Tried to play it at 3 a.m. a few nights ago, and literally nobody was online. Like, it was like 16 people in the lobby and started the game just like that. It was like, nah, that's not okay. 
I might uninstall it to be honest though, because that that auto aims pretty aggressive. I don't really find myself missing the gameplay, honestly. I mean, I go back to Apex and have infinitely more fun. I'm sorry, it's a cool aesthetic, but it just don't it just don't have that pop, that feel. It's too hit scan. So yeah, um, yeah. What else did I play this week aside from Rocket Arena? Pretty damn. I did play some more Valorant. I'm gonna go ahead and make this a mini rant before we get into the news. Actually, let me go ahead and get into that, and then we'll be done with the games we played this week. Um, man, I've been playing some Valorant, and just last night, we talking Sunday night. I'm online playing the game, talking with some friends in Discord, streaming a little bit, and somebody in voice chat over the game, you know, said something. They were asking me something, and I couldn't hear the question because as soon as he uh, said it somebody in my discord was talking to so i couldn't hear him and i asked what he said but the person in discord thought that i asked him to repeat so both of them spoke at the same time again once i listened to uh to him finally and i you know specified wait let me hear what this guy is saying in game and i asked him wait my bad i was i was in discord and i couldn't hear you and he's all well i'm in discord too and i can still hear you nigga get the earwax out of your ears nigga you need to be able to hear better and all this and that. And I'm like, whoa, why why we why we gotta go inward? Like I just met you. We gotta go this far already. So and he keeps on and keeps going. He's like, I was talking to you, man. No one likes to repeat themselves. And I was like, I mean, that wasn't my intention. My bad. So I mean, damn. I was like, but you, yeah, you didn't hear me. And, like, and he just kept on with the bullshit. So I got done with it. I'm like, well, maybe it wasn't important. Let's move on. You know, just like, all right, fuck this, shit, you know. And right then, when he realized he couldn't troll me for the rest of the game, he kept calling my name. Terry has the cools. Terry has the cools. Terry has. I'm just like, all right, yeah, I've seen this before. So I just kept going. Ended up getting me a 5K and was carrying the shit out of it. Suddenly, they decide to band together and be dicks toward me as if I did something to him that was in the wrong and i didn't even intend to like do anything to him but um you know and and and, and what made it so bad is they we were up what four and oh we were killing the enemy team four and and they all band together to forfeit the match because he played the victim and everybody felt bad for him and thought that i was the asshole so this right here is why I'm an advocate right here, right now, minority black gay person from the South. This is why I am a personal advocate against the bullshit that these people are spewing this toxicity right now. And it's also why the SJWs keep winning, because even though I'm not on the side of the SJW or vitriol, this is why they keep winning, because you people can't control yourselves when you're trolling. You got to know when to pull off and pull back and chill the fuck out. When you are in your feelings, you need to calm down. And it's ironic that he would act that way, because that is a woman beta Somebody please help me tactic to antagonize another person simply because even though they were being nice and respectful to you, it's hard to be toxic toward a person that's being respectful and nice to you. So you just go all the way in and go overboard and you overcompensate and do way too damn much. So this is one of those situations where they pretty much shoot themselves in the foot with their behavior and do the very thing that they complain about. So you see all these channels like Leafy and all these other guys who like complain about SJWs or Twitch thoughts and this that, and the other, but not man enough or real enough to admit that they are on their grind and they securing their bag just like anybody else out here on the internet. This is why they keep losing because they think being man or being tough is 
act putting on a fake front that nothing bothers you or that you're better than everybody, which is completely wrong. That's why they toying, they toying, <laughs> look at me, tongue tied. That's why they coined the phrase toxic masculinity. It's, there's a, but I hate the phrase myself because it's not exactly that. What it is, is a superiority complex. That's what it suffers from. Most people try to hide and bottle up their negative or at least very um, powerful emotions under the guise of, of a superiority complex. Hell, sometimes it's an inferiority complex as well. Those can be easily misconstrued simply because um, those who feel often inferior try to overcompensate. And those who actually believe that they're better and think that they're superior just act as such. You know, so it's that's why it's called a complex There's a complexity within their mind that keeps them from realizing that they're no better, nor worse and probably suffering just as much as the next person. So to that person, I wish the best to them, whoever he may be. But I'm sorry for whatever has to come his way because he is a piece of shit and all of his little friends in that lobby childish. And it's a shame, too, because I've never run into that type of behavior on console. That's weird. Are you telling me the PC gamers are bigger men children than the console, so-called quote-unquote console peasants that they make fun of all these years? Who knows? Y'all tell me what you think. But um, personally, this is me going on a rant about how sad that behavior is and how I can't, if, if I just talk in text, people just literally treat me as an equal nine times out of ten. As soon as I get on mic, then they try too hard to appeal to my black side. And it sucks sometimes because it's, it's, it's kind of the equivalent of what the uh, the feminists complain about. They say, oh, um, if I talk to chat, then they treat me like a like a dude, or like a bro, and like an equal. As soon as I uh, speak on mic, then they start acting like, oh, oh, bitch, go in and make me a sandwich or whatever, like it was 2007. And it's like, okay, here's the thing. The reason I've always complained about those type of posts is because the feminists assume that it's only them going through that. And that's the only thing that they try to virtue signal about. But the reality of it is, if there's any type of if you are not white, nine times out of 10, you gonna catch some type of hell on the Internet. So in order for me to combat the toxicity, either I go just as equal and be and be beat them at their own game which is very easy to do because white boy jokes is like ingrained in me. I'm from the South. It's very easy to do. And then you could also take the high road, the high road and just not stoop to that level. But then even then now they're even more petty and they get even more asinine because of based on what you've seen and what I've just spoke on spoken about. That's how they act. When you take the high road, they, they kick and scream even harder and try to ruin your fun. So all in all, Let's just hope that something, uh, whatever happens to him, hopefully ain't too dire, but he brought it on himself. But, um, yeah, that's, that's one of the bigger things. And, um, to make it kind of short before we get into the news, I've been pretty busy this week. Um, I've been doing a lot of uh, productions, some video production and direction and audio, um, filming, you know, a production for a record label. And I'd say it came together rather perfect. It looks very organic. Uh, the editing style that I chose was to make it look as, uh, you know, it, I wanted it to look professionally produced, but not overproduced to the point where it loses its soul. And I think I've achieved that. Um, so 
Um, I've um get, just gotten done. Not I did all the filming and editing and everything. All of it's been you know completely. And it, and this right here, you know, is normal for most people. But this is something that's amazing to me because not that I'm proud of myself, but I am glad that you know I'm able to do these things despite being self-taught. So not only did I record the audio directly through preamp to um uh, audio recording software. Um, took that in raw wave format and then, you know, did all the editing I could, you know, a little bit of reverb to it, give it a nice little finish to it, noise cancel, noise reduction, etc., and some normalization, and then sync up that separate recorded audio with the visual audio, the video footage that I recorded of the performance, and then had it all synced together, made it look, you know, nice little touches and whatnot, and it was very professional. So, if uh, anybody, um, if you would be on the lookout for that, uh, check out uh, a small shout out to some locally made content right here in my city and my state and by yours truly uh, at sip, www.sipdriprecords. That's S-I-P-P-D-R-I-P records.com. And there's going to be even more content coming through. Hopefully you're going to see other content posted by nisi red the goddess n-e-i-c-y underscore r-e-d-d underscore g-a-w-d-e-s-s on instagram and facebook n-e-i-c-y-r-e-d-d-d-g so go ahead and um Look those things up. That is an independent record label right here, local in my city that I work closely with. And not only that, but it's family. And I would say that um, it came out pretty good. I mean, better than I thought that I could ever. So y'all tell me what you think if you get the chance. Now, it's time for the lightning round. Uh Oh, and aside from doing that uh, production, I've also been fixing what fixing devices left and right. Everybody's device has been failing. They've been coming to me for repairs. So, you know, that's, and we're still not done. We got more busy, man. Still going at it. But that's part of the grind. And I wouldn't be I wouldn't want to do anything else. Like I, I've tried other lines of work and jobs and, life, and this right here has to be the most. Um, Let's get into the lightning round and get down to the news, shall we? Because a lot of the stuff is going to happen. You know what the title of this video is going to be? The title is going to be, I'm tired of loot boxes and battle passes. And you'll see why. Loot boxes should be a consumer protection matter, not a gambling one, says the EU report. And this is an article over at gamesindustry.biz written by Hayden Taylor. Now, this article basically, not, not only is it expansive, but um, well written and in detail about how EU is trying their best to crack down and get a control or regular some type of regulation on loot boxes because it is doing the same thing as casinos. I think I've discussed this a few podcasts ago where they don't consider themselves gambling. They don't consider the act of their business gambling anymore, but they hide under the guise of the word gaming. So any type of apps that is actually gambling or any type of, you know, business that is actual gambling your money, they use the word gaming in order to not be scrutinized or suffer the full extent of law for enforced regulations. That being said, loot boxes, to be fair, are actually gaming. It's actually gaming. Okay. Gotcha. 
is a is just gotcha. This is something that was made in Japanese markets, popularized in Japanese markets. I can't speak on where it originated from, but this whole practice is popularized in Japan as a form of gambles that can still be side-skirted as gaming because gambling was a huge problem in Japan, so much to the point where that's why they now have uh, pachinko slots where you don't gamble the actual money, but you use the little pachinko balls or marbles, whatever you want to call them, the orbs. Gambling is a huge issue worldwide but it but it's such a lucrative business because you literally make people give you money without having to give them anything in return but an empty promise of a maybe and if that ain't the most shady fundamental business practice ever but people still go for it i i i don't understand it and i really hope and pray that i never do understand the uh, mindset of gambling but people who do it, they just get addicted to it. And it's a certain high that they just can't pull away from. It's so hard to pull away from for most people. So, yeah, loot boxes is bad. It's a gateway gambling just as much as anybody. It's just like it's gateway gambling. The gateway argument is legitimate. It don't matter what you say. I've seen it time and again. You know, I've been on this earth a short 29 years. I could tell you firsthand, okay? I've seen people gateway and then end up in the worst shit very easy. Gateway into, oh, we're just making sex jokes at a young age. Thotting real hard before she even hit middle school. Oh, man, he just, you know, real good with the ladies, uh, you know, in elementary school. That's all. Several babies before he even graduated high school. Oh, uh, it's just a little bit of weed. It's, it's harmless. It's innocent. We're just kids. Hit something that was laced, strung out hooked on some some powder or some hard or something worse just because just because they're trying to chase a high or they delude themselves into thinking that the weed is still enough so they just over smoke too much weed and but still they're looking for a, a stronger high because they're they've been strung out their tolerance is way too high now because they've had some so this is bottom line just how it goes just look at the pavlovian studies and everything else in between and even some of the studies of um, of uh, uh, frederick nietzsche the way the human brain works is out of habit the only thing that we our brain guaranteed to operate off of is comparison and habit what it's used to and comparing what it knows to what it's, it's perceiving that's how the human mind works so because of this, if they find fun in doing gotcha loot boxes at a young age, they will have no problem in the future in five to ten years when they become adults and spending their own money on 10,000 loot boxes for uh, $1,000 and just sit up and just open them, bitches, open them, open them, open them, open them from CSGO. You see the CSGO behaviors, okay? You see the shit, like, the only one that's the least offensive was Overwatch. But that's just the good apple that has to go down with the rest of the bad bunch. You're gonna have these issues and they're gonna keep fighting this problem until something happens to where they can find a way to get a free-to-play mechanic that has a good incentive for people to play. Now, that is a perfect segue into my discussion about battle passes. I'm sick of battle passes. Every single online game experience has a battle pass. A new battle royale, battle pass. Games is not even a battle royale. It's just a FPS, battle pass. Battle pass, battle pass, battle pass. It's way too much. So it's like you either get 
a lesser evil or you get the greater evil being battle pass or loot box because even though like i mentioned overwatch's system reimburses you when you get duplicate which is miles better than uh star wars battlefront 2 where you could get a loot box that's completely empty just got nothing in it so my thing that i want to stress to you this ain't okay <clears throat> And we something has to be done where people put less value into these items and these these little knickknacks that they're updating the game with so-called content. It takes them literally less than a day, no more than a day to make a skin or weapon skins or whatnot. The only thing that's extra that would take an extra day, probably if they got like unique particle effects and animations. But yet and still just a skin, just a skin does not take long to make. And paying hand over fist for this shit is too much. <clears throat> Your biggest issue in this instance is that you're paying for more content that's not real content. You know, it's a social it's a social manipulation to where you're trying to show off what you have. It's no difference than the shoe game. Everybody wants to show off getting a new pair of shoes. But the whole point of wearing shoes is to keep your feet safe and you're going to eventually get them. But you got to keep your shoe game on point. So you're going to shell out hundreds of bucks for a new pair of shoes. Yeah, cool. Yeah, that's how it go. And you can't get over it. But guess how much it costs to make a shoe? Literal sense. Less than a dollar to make a shoe. Not even bullshitting you, bro. If you would look in a biz from a business standpoint, so this is why this is a channel for the woke people, like not fake woke, but the real woke, the people who actually look at things. Okay, when you look at any type of rapper or artist or any big name, look at the main things that they keep creating. Okay, the main businesses that they keep starting. Every rapper or athlete starts a what? A shoe line, clothing line, things that are cheap to make, and you could mark up the price sky high simply because of the name attached to it okay you gotta consider you gotta consider how it's so socially uh, um, engineered because even the ones who don't jack up the prices and just want to make nice looking shoes for people that they can afford that can afford them you know what i'm saying take for instance shack shack shoes are affordable i've never owned a pair myself but any kid that wants a decent sports shoe at a budget cost could just have a pair of either converse or go for some shacks but guess what's gonna happen you're gonna get talked about if you wear you a pair of shacks yo. they gonna flame your ass you're gonna get roasted for wearing shacks and they will literally peer pressure you by the millions to not buy another pair and go and spend hundreds on a pair of jordans instead but you spend those hundreds on them jordans you probably can't wear them no more than twice because not only do you have to match it with outfits but you have to keep it clean if you wear shoes they're going to go bad it's called wear and tear you're gonna get that crease on the front of your shoe it's gonna happen okay you cannot use these items and expect them not to get wearing so i said all of that to say this you have to be wise as a consumer so that way when you vote with your dollar you're getting quality product and not being cheated these people are getting rich off us so if you're gonna buy something be wise in it if you're gonna support a company support somebody that deserves it if you're gonna keep buying Call of Duty, you'll never get fresh and innovative, innovative gameplay. If you're gonna keep selling millions, you'll never get anything new in this series. You're gonna be playing battle royales and fucking team death matches and lackluster campaigns for years to come. Hell, you didn't even get a campaign in the last one, if I recall correctly. 
And it's going to keep going like this if y'all keep voting incorrectly with your wallets. And the fact that these kids will keep buying V-Bucks. They will keep buying loot boxes. Keep doing battle passes. Now, I give a little bit of leeway on uh, some battle passes that you earn rewards when you buy once. And as long as you keep playing, you can earn back enough to buy the next battle pass. That's understandable. That's fine. But you got to draw the line, people. Sometimes you got to draw the line. There's a lot of games out here. I don't even want to know the mindset of an individual spending hundreds of dollars on an online free-to-play game for optional content when there's so many other games that millions of man hours have gone into its creation and so much love and creativity gone into them like Ghost of Tsushima and etc. And there's money being wasted on these free-to-play games. That is a shame. This is why Fortnite is hated upon. It deserves the hate. It has no right to be as big as it is. There's not even the main game mode. That was a secondary mode that they tacked on. I'm not even, let's not even go down. That's a whole separate room. So loot boxes and battle passes are not to be excused or ignored in what they're doing. You can tell, you know it. So you, tr you know it's true. So just admit it. Anywho, they're going to need to come up with, they're going to have to come up with a new system. Cuphead gets surprise launch on PS4 today. I am happy for PS4 users, like myself included. But um, I was pissed for years since Cuphead was released. I was like, damn it, I wish it was on PS4. Because if I got an Xbox One, the only two games that I wanted to play on it was Cuphead and Killer Instinct. But I refused to go and buy a damn Microsoft, especially not the Xbox One. Ain't enough on that, man. It's just not enough. It never was for me. Maybe for others, but not for me. Okay, I'm just going to be real. But I'm not going to shit on the console. Some people like it. It gives them everything that they need and want. And that's cool. Not me. Okay, I'm more of a gaming-centric type of a gamer. You know, some people like to game a little bit and then have their media player and all this other stuff. You know, and streaming and all that. Yeah, that's nice for the Xbox features. But I like my games. And it ain't enough game on the Xbox One. Um... The fact that this game was launched on the PS4, though, right after I've built a PC, it's a special type of pain. But, hey, at least I can get it cheaper on PC, so not complaining. So, yeah, now there's Cuphead on the PS4. And there were articles in the past, like about a few years ago, from several different sites saying Cuphead will never be released on the PS4. So, or it will never see a PS4 release. Now they have to eat crow, but who cares? They've done this before back when Kotaku was trying to push that, uh, uh, what was it? Nice of the Old Republic? No, it was, um, it was, a uh, uh, the Old Republic, Star Wars, the Old Republic. Which one, whichever one that MMO that came out about a few years ago, the more recent one. And, um, they were like, it's never going to go free to play. It's not going to be free to play. You're never going to be free to play. Boom. It's free to play. So, yeah. What else do we have here? Next on the docket, Super Data, big publisher showcase, did not suffer from absent of three. So here's another one from GamesIndustry.biz, written by Matthew Hondrahan, Hondran, Hondran, excuse me if I mispronounced your last name. And uh, he's actually the editor-in-chief. He says that uh, the Twitch numbers were higher than E3 2019 showcases for major publishers, but PC gaming shows audience was down compared to last year. And it's just a bunch of stats about the um, viewers compared to E3 2019 and the Ubisoft Forward, the PlayStation 5 reveal, and the um, uh, PC gaming show, as well as the... Wait, I could have sworn they had data for the Microsoft. Oh, well. But uh, all in all... 
all of this data is just saying that there's um more viewers, if not just as much or way more than E3 2019 uh, streams, which is an interesting take. But I, you, when it comes to statistics, I told you they're only true based on the scope that they're based on. And I have to mention the fact that uh, these stats are heavily dependent on the fact that people are still at home in quarantine. So if everybody's caught at home, there's more likely that they're they're gonna watch the stream when it's live you know there's the less there's less of a chance that they'll miss it therefore your viewership is gonna go up your viewer account is gonna go up. so um there's another thing to consider and not only that uh there's also a good margin of viewers who actually attend e3 thousands of people attend e3 so i mean hey basically every single either journalism centric uh you know company and or onlooker examiners analyzers and publishers are figuring out what nintendo already figured out years ago when they went off and started doing the treehouse and nintendo directs might as well stream it why pay um you know an organizer to allow that to allow you to get a booth and get stage time to present your latest games well you could just do that on a live stream yourself so it makes sense to me i mean this this is this is you know but it's interesting data to see because th what this also implies that uh in the future we might not have a need for e3 altogether but to be honest it's nothing like selling your product with it being available and in hand because the one thing that e3 can offer that uh and a lot of other you know gaming expos and that's the availability of demos on hand so when there's demos it's a lot to showcase plus indie um indie conventions and indie uh expos need to still live because that's how indie games get their word out let people try them out have demo builds ready and you know they come back and they talk about it. you know this is you know it's still going to be necessary but e3 overall that's going to be its uh, main reason to go anymore Unless they start back doing incentives like look under your seats, there's a free Xbox. Then it won't be much of an incentive aside from uh, getting firsthand rubbing elbows and shoulders with developers and gaming company CEOs or for a chance to get into the industry or playing demo. Next on the docket, Sekiro Shadows Die Twice getting a free update in October and a bunch of new features. Bruh, that's insane you know and 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 that's actually pretty damn dope because if i recall right there was no dlc on upon release when usually with a souls game they will release the game and already have the dlc done by the time release comes around and you just purchase the dlc which is just a small item that will unlock the for you because it was already included within the the game's download data so the dlc is always available it just has to be unlocked and uh this seems to be not the case with Sekiro. Seems like they're just gonna do a free update. It's like here you go, and we're happy to you know, which which might be in a test to you know their this new publisher. I think this was done through Activision. Whoever uh, did Sekiro, if I remember correct, I can't remember. But um, this might be something to do with their new uh, publisher and what may be going on within the works. They probably had trouble you know releasing this one. But um, yeah new sekiro content get hype i need to go ahead and get around to playing again that's the one souls game i have yet to play and beat so next valve cracks down on vpns used to purchase cheaper games if you remember uh it was it was either a week ago or two weeks ago when we reported on people who um when once horizon zero dawn was ported to pc and it was available on steam 
people would use a VPN and switch over to a different country and get the game like $20, $30 cheaper full price than they would in North America, which was, I got to say, a respectable hustle. Can't get mad at that. But now uh, Steam has uh, enabled that from this day forward, since the 31st officially of July 2020, if you are using a foreign IP, if you are using a foreign IP, you would most definitely have to prove such with a purchase using a card from that country and making a purchase with that country's currency. So now you can't just change your IP using a VPN and just doing so like that. And if you are travel that way, you know, if you're a traveler, it won't be much of an issue for you to, you know, convert and do so. Right. It will make sense. So there you have it. Um, not much else to uh, spice out of this article is just like Steam saw y'all was getting away with it and smacked your hands away. It's like, no bad piece sent you packing um next is a league of legends update where they're going to crack down on um basically griefers and assholes with the intent to lose levers and idle players that just sit in spawn and fountain so they said the things they're going to um crack down on these includes intentionally feeding opponents sabotaging through disruptive gameplay actions aka griefing intentionally leaving the game going idle in game and game disconnects our goals are to reduce occurrences of the above behaviors and all cues and mitigate the impact of players when they experience disruptive behaviors in game so they have a basically afk detection idle detection and intentional feeding is going to be something which is going to be hard to um you know, really parse. Uh, here they say, after hundreds of depressing manual VOD reviews and verification exercises, we think we're in a good enough place to start getting improvements to how we detect intentional feeding and idle AFK behaviors out for testing. These changes will allow us to identify these behaviors at double the rate we are currently. Take action against those negative behaviors more consistently. Let players know when we've caught negative behaviors in their games and work toward alleviating that pain. So... The first detective improvements have already li uh, gone live in 10.15 patch, but we'll continue to push new iterations across the next couple of patches. We're working toward a world where we detect these behaviors as they occur. Blah, blah, blah. So, yeah, this is them trying to make a better gaming experience for everyone. Hopefully, Riot will go ahead and translate this shit over to Valorant. So the shit that happened to me last night would not be consistent. You know, because the voice chat thing is hella abusable. For some reason, I go back on the VOD and this guy was saying nigga over and over. But none of his voice was picked up in the VOD. And I don't know why. Like the recording was just missing of his voice. It just would not show up in the VOD. So I really, I really would like to know what the hell is going on. But um, yeah, idle and AFK actions preventing this behavior from occurring again deterring this behavior from occurring in the first place and mitigating the impact of this behavior when it does occur we're looking to dig more into these following solutions to address the AFKs in the short term early surrender options when we identify an AFK early in your game which could be pretty good LP mitigation for those in ranked games that have an AFK or intent to lose behaviors on their team during a loss, stricter queue lockouts for those that disconnect a AFK, and pre-queue warnings for those that have disrupted games. So, yeah. Ultimately, the overall thing, I'm going to sum it up like this. They're doing a better job and they're making attempts to, you know, do better. But ultimately, it's not going to be foolproof because no matter what system that you put 
in effect. Okay, anything man-made has flaws. And it's going to get some people caught up in it that, you know, are innocent. Maybe some people who have bad internet connectivity issues or power, power outage. And they'll get a very, very, very over overindulgent punishment and and an and intense punishment that's way you know way too much for that type of stuff but these type of things you just cannot predict you just don't know uh, we'll have to see it be implemented and find out how exactly you know intense they're going to be about it it's the reason why they haven't cracked down this far you know so far is because not everybody is actually doing that but there's a lot of actions that can be mistaken at. next on the docket uh, Hideki Kamiya insists Bayonetta 3's development is going fine. This is uh, not much else in this document. He's just uh, letting people know that they're still hard at work and not to worry, which is something that they still they keep having to remind people. So that tells you something about, you know, some gamers, not all of them, but some gamers. Next on the docket, uh, the Sony State of Play is coming this Thursday, this week of August. And um, we're going to get some announcements, but none of it's going to be PlayStation 5. They said they're going to only focus on PS4 and PlayStation VR in the next PlayStation State of Play. Sony State of Play, excuse me. So this is something to look forward to and uh, keep that in mind. We're going to mark the calendar. And lastly, over here on DualShockers.com, Sony confirms which of your PS4 accessories will work on PS5. And here's an article by Sam Woods. This is just released today, four hours ago. This article, basically, they've confirmed that DualShock 4 controllers, uh, your cameras, headsets, fight sticks, and all these other uh, peripherals that were made for PS4 will be directly compatible with PS5. So that means that they're doing what they should and can for... A seamless transition to the PlayStation 5, not only with the backwards compatibility to the PS4 games, but also with your peripheral. And I find that to be an incredibly, man, that, that's that's an incredible move. That is so based. It's holy. That's exactly what you should do. And it's incredibly smart. I'm, I'm totally down for that. Um, we see people out there talking about, I've never wanted to use last generation peripherals on a new, I, I don't give a, f don't nobody give a damn dog. Okay, there's people who got these peripherals in tow. All right, I have a backup PS4, a DualShock 4, just in case the one I have shits the bed because analog stick is real when it comes to drift. All right, you, you get stick drift, uh, uh, buttons like to fail, you know, stupid shit happens. So you always got to have your backup. So that means when you get a PS5, even if you already have a PS4, you, instead of you, if you have your controllers, they're compatible. Instead of you starting a new console with only one controller out of the box, guess what? You got two or three. You don't have to go and get extra. That's simple and amazing. So just fucking, there's nothing bad to say about this. I don't get how people can make anything bad about it. Either way, that's everything on the docket. And um, it seems the the recording I'm looking at is over an hour, but most likely after the editing is going to be under. So <sighs> I can't really add much more. It's been a long and very productive week. And here's to many more. And I hope the best for y'all. Okay. So stay safe. Take care of yourselves. All right. And uh, we love you around here. So, and please remember to support. Help me out. Uh, go ahead and drop a good old like comment and maybe if you enjoyed the content 
give a subscribe check out my game reviews and analysis i have one for the last of us two and we have some other news related topics of uh, videos gone up and more coming uh we might take a shift on the channel to a critical commentary but we're going to do things different because it seems to be polluted with a lot of people who can't really back up or be fair on what they say so we're going to take a strike at it and see if we can do it better and all in all this has been slim cognito the slim Codcast. And remember the channel model always. Intentions are the most important. Actions ain't nothing but loud. And words don't mean a damn. Take care of yourselves. Peace.